1: Hi, everybody, and welcome. Hi, Rianne. Hi, Bernard.
2: Hey, Miss good morning.
1: Welcome, welcome. Good morning, I Rianne. Want- good morning. We are so excited this morning. Um, we are starting the LaFora talk show. This is season two, episode three. So, we are really happy to have Rianne and Bernard with us today to share their story. The LaFora talk show was created uh, for nurses to help nurses. This is a platform for people to share their story and help each other. And our intention here is really just to inform so that people can, so we can spread some happiness, some information, and some inspiration. So, again, my name is Tanya Friedman. I'm the Chief Operating Officer of Kinetics USA, um, and and Bernard will be sharing their story today for the next uh, 45 to 60 minutes, um, and we're going to be talking about a lot of things. Um, excuse me, I want to give a shout out, oh my goodness, have a frog in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give a shout out to the Lefora admin team. <coughs> for giving us this opportunity. Um, So Louise, um, Jean, Paul, Yanni, all the the four admin team who do such amazing work, thank you so much for giving Rianne and Bernard this opportunity to share their story. Okay. All right. So last night we heard a little bit about Rianne and Bernard, um, and today stay tuned because we're gonna be talking about some topics that are of Im- enormous importance for nurses coming to America. Things like Rianne spoke about um, credit history, taxes, um, uh, cost of living in different areas, what it's like to work as a nurse. Bernard was speaking about um, coming, doing your research on where you're going to he went to texas there are a lot of spanish-speaking people especially in the the specific location he went to in texas so doing your research we're going to speak about driving in the us and Rianne also mentioned yesterday and um, the insurances 401ks things like that so we're going to be talking about a lot of things so stay tuned because this is your time to learn from ryan and bernard okay Let's get started. <laughs> <laughs> Rhiannon and Bernard, tell us a little bit about yourself. Before we talk about coming to America, right? So just give us a little bit of your background, um, how long you've been a nurse, why you became a nurse, have you always had the American dream? maybe ladies first Rian all right go ahead Rian
3: (laughs) hi good morning good evening good afternoon and mabuhay to all the nurses who's watching uh thank you again Miss Tanya and the Lefora team for inviting me so my name is Rian um I was born and raised in the Philippines like what I said uh yesterday on the talk uh the teaser and um I took nursing 2008, I graduated nursing 2008, my BSN. That's my first course. And I always wanted to be a nurse since I was in high school because I love uh, science. So um, basically, when I graduated nursing, I really wanted to help people and save lives. So I really equipped myself um, by joining a lot of... Um, uh, Um, groups like the Red Cross, Philippine Red Cross. I joined a lot of uh, seminars and trainings in the Philippines. And then I worked there as a nurse. Um, The longest uh, work was a medical surgical nurse in the Philippines. And then I've been a lot. I also tried being um, a dialysis nurse. I also tried uh, going to the um, BPO as a USRN case uh, case manager. And then I also tried um, going to the ICUs, going to the floors. Uh, I've become a dots even nurse. So name it and, and name any hospital. I think I've been uh, trained, uh, trained there. So because it's really hard for nurses back in the Philippines to uh, really start um, uh, working without an experience, way back when I was uh, um, starting as a nurse there. So that's it. And then actually American dream is like really at the back of my mind, but I was not really um doing something about it. So one day, I don't know. My mom uh, told me that there was an opening on this agency that they're hiring nurses. So my mom told me that, Hey, you can maybe uh, try this one and submit your resume. So, so yeah. So me, okay. It's uh, just like, um, just, uh, the usual um me applying my uh, my resume to the agency and then when i applied that was friday they talked to me i had um english exam and then i also took like a, a little bit background of nursing um so i think i was already a nurse for like 6 years already when i applied to that agency and then Right then and there, that's Friday. They told me that the employer coming here from the US will be um, will be coming from uh, will be on a will be there in the agency um, on Monday. They will be already interviewing nurses on starting Monday. So I was happy and glad, of course, that they came. But also I was really hesitant because I don't have any NCLEX. I don't have any IELTS back then. And I don't really know how to process everything. So good thing um, when they interviewed us, they told us that they will sponsor our green cards, our NCLEX, and IELTS as long as we own um, as long as we have this uh, three at least three years' experience, which was for me, I'm already an experienced nurse that time. So luckily I passed their interview and then 2016, I took my NCLEX, August, a day before my birthday, I took the wow. NCLEX. And then actually the next day, um, I, I, I don't feel that it's my birthday because, of course, I was really um, uh, waiting for the results. It's the after 48 hours, which, which is um, the time that they released the, the results. It's only the time I, fe- I, I really felt my birthday because I really passed the NCLEX exam wow august 2016 and then uh, i processed everything with the help of uh, of course the agency and my employer here in the united states i processed my um green card and then luckily by 2017 and then 2018 comes a lot of um waiting game it's a long uh it's a long waiting pro. It's a it's a tedious process. It's a meticulous process, but it's worth it. So twenty eighteen October twenty eighteen, my visa, my immigrant visa was already released. So, um February twenty nineteen, I was here. Why wait like months before traveling here in the US? Because I, of course I wanted to uh, celebrate Christmas and New Year first during October to uh, December twenty eighteen. Ah. Oh, 2019, yeah, 2018. So 2019, I got here, February. And wow. then because I knew I knew that um, once you uh, go here, it will really be uh, focusing on work. So I tried to uh, talk to my employer and um, my agency if I can stay first with my relatives in L.A. before going here in Houston because I'm based here in Houston right now so they uh, allowed me and of course i was also waiting for my ss my ss card and my green card so i really cannot work without that so it's good it's a good thing and timing that i was able to uh, uh, um, uh, bond with my relatives in la so uh at for for one month i traveled a lot um good thing they planned a lot of things for me um, we went to Hollywood. We went to Universal Studios. We went to uh, Disneyland. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, you
2: have a you have a good time before starting <laughs> to work.
3: <huh>? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was really happy that they allowed me
2: That's to uh, have
3: a vacation first before starting the 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 real battle, the real the battle, reality, the real challenge, <laughs> the real <laughs> challenge of the American
1: life, and then. So so before Rianne, let me interrupt before you you get to the the real the real story starting right that was the background yes yeah, yeah. so lots lots to think about lots to unpack as you said a very te- tedious long process mm-hmm. very frustrating but mm-hmm. you got the best birthday gift ever you always had your focus of going to America and being a nurse and trying out different things. So it seems like it all kind of worked out in the end, right?
3: Yes, exactly. And I think one good thing also is that I focused only on one um, goal. I, I focused on one country only. In applying because I didn't apply in any other countries because other countries also has their different um, steps or procedures um, some like some countries like would like to uh, do the IELTS first before the nursing exam but US it's different you have to pass first your NCLEX so mm-hmm. I focus there I focus only for uh, going to the United States all the process going to the United States so I think that also really helped me a lot
1: yes when so yes okay and i see we have louise is watching from riyadh hi louise welcome daniel is watching Brix is watching from essex england oh. um we've got mel who's watching go madam Rianne. <laughs> <laughs> we've got um alec is saying strength to bernard oh uh, thank we've you got- Mark Vincent, who's saying, I'm planning to move to Houston, Texas, end of the year. What is the rate for more than 10 years of experience? So Mark Vincent, Rianne can answer that question at the end when we talk about Texas, um, because at the end, we're going to be doing a whole segment about the different states. Um, Rianne is going to be speaking about Texas, and Bernard has traveled in many places. He's going to be talking about Texas, Nevada, and California. Um We've got JM who's watching, Eamon who's watching, Gad, um, Lakas, Rian. Rianne. <laughs> um, so many, many people from watching from all over. If you have any specific, Sun is watching from UAE. Um, Jero is watching. You're awesome, Rianne. Rian. Um, and Race is watching from Rianne. Mm-hmm. Hi, Anne. And um, Alec is watching from Singapore. Mark is watching from L.A. where Rianne was, was uh, was visiting and seeing all the beautiful sights and um, so many people watching from all over the world if you have specific questions um please um put them into the chat and i'd be happy to ask um and the question about um the rate uh, that mark vincent asked we, we don't worry mark we're going to come back to that Okay, so let's move on to Bernard. Bernard has a very different story to Rihanna, and I think that's the beauty of the before a talk show is that, um, you know, different people are, are going through the, the process in the same but different way. <laughs> so it's still long, it's still tedious, it's still frustrating, it's still the most exciting experience, um, kind of a roller coaster all at once, but Bernard's story is very different. Renard, you want to maybe share with us your story and your background and how you came to the U.S.?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, that's why I'm here, uh, Tanya. Okay. So the main reason is that um, uh, I'm here f- to, to share my stories uh, of our fellow nurses in the Philippines, not only in the Philippines, but across the world. I know your uh, motivation, your, your pains, and then your struggle to come here. But uh, just hang on there. Okay, so about me is that uh, when I first taking up my college degree, is that nursing is not my choice. Like, none of them. But I want to be a doctor. Um, but because we're not fortunate to go to medical school, so my dad uh, sent me to an accountancy. So my first degree is accounting, and then I got bored working in an office facing the computer, and then I said this is gonna be my life. I mean, when can I have a car? When can I have a house? When can I be settled at the age of 21 year old? So um, I talked to my parents and I said, you know, like at, the, at those times, 2002, 2003, and 2004, there were massive hiring of nurses to the United States. As far as I remember, like almost all schools in, in Davao, I'm from, I'm from Davao City, Philippines, are offering uh, nursing programs, you know, because um, I've heard like nurses going to the States for six and nine months. That's so quick because the, the priority date was current. So I asked my parents, I said, like, I want to go back to school. I want to go to nursing because uh, I want to go to the, to the United States. Maybe I'm the only one or maybe I'm so courageous enough to go to this country without any relatives. So that is my basic motivation. As far as I remember, when I got interviewed in my uh, College of Nursing guidance counselor and when he asked me, what is your uh, five years long term goal? Uh, at the time you you, you go to nursing in 2004 because it's only two years program for, uh, for you have already a degree. And then I said, my goal is that um, I finish school in two years and then in I'll take NCLEX in 2006 or 2007. I'll finish all the exams and by the 2009, I'll be in the United States. So all of that words come into just like, I didn't, you know, I realized that's so powerful. But I didn't know that, I would get it in the right time. Okay, So uh, for those people that uh, who took or finished nursing in 2006, I'm one of those pitiful nurses who were victims of what we call the uh, nursing board leakage, that we have to take the, the uh, local board again. So for a year, I've been hard, we've been having hard time to get uh, employment because we're not accepted in the hospital to get a job because of our uh, our license. So what I did is that um, I finished the exam. I told to myself, I don't have any uh, RN license. So I said, I need to take the NCLEX because my friends and my colleagues, my classmates, they're taking up NCLEX. So 2007, I took up uh, NCLEX in Hong Kong and then I finished the IELTS and then we re- retook the uh, NLE board exam in 2007. So I finished in a year all these exams. And then I, you know, like, you you feel so confident, you feel so uh, great to yourself that you're an NTEC passer, but the reality is that there's no job at that time in the Philippines. So, I said, okay, um, I'm trying to look for an, an employer to hire me in the U.S., and then no one accepts me because I don't have an experience. Yeah. So I went to a different hospitals, do trainings. We paid trainings uh, way back in 2007, 8, and 9, and 10, and uh, 8. So I did all those uh, trainings in the hospital. And then I even went to actually in Middle East in Bahrain. Uh, I went there for a couple of months to work as a nurse also. But I went back home to the Philippines because they have to process the visa. And then um, 2008, I was doing some, you know, like, you're doing some research there's a forum of nurses that time that talk about nursing in the u s and then there there was a specific agency that hired nurses for h one c visa and then uh this is a visa that uh, supply nurses for underserved areas in the Philippines like McAllen where I started in Texas I believe there are other also cities before that mm-hmm. offers that kind of visa in Chicago and also, in somewhere in the East Coast. So uh, I'm one of those nurses, get hired, and then the process was so fast. Like, I thought that uh, it's going to be uh, less than a year, but uh, it's just only four or five months I was able to get here in the United States in 2009, February. So that was so quick. And then um, when I got here in 2009, I worked with a hospital in McAllen. It was a very good hospital because, you know, they, the support is there. And then you go through all the trainings. And then in 2000, um, I believe 2011, because the the visa is only three years and then it is non-renewable. It was so sad because our hospital uh, petitioned us for green card for EB3. And then they said, because we cannot adjust your status, blah, 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 blah. You have to go back to the Philippines and wait there for your EB3 to be current and then we will get you back. And then I said, I'm already in the U.S. So I keep applying, you know, I applied to different, um, I went to, apl- I applied for another working visa, H-1B. I got denied. And then I even actually applied to Australia. Uh, I got, um, uh, they offered me a job there. I, I applied to Canada. So because it's different now, you know, like I kind of go back to the same lifestyle I have here and then going back home to the Philippines. So because I really want to stay, like, you know, like that's the motivation I have. So I even think like getting married for, you know, for green card. And then I said, okay, that's not going to happen. And then um, luckily there was an agency in Vegas, Nevada, Las Vegas, Nevada, that petitioned EB2. So it's a different route because uh, it's, it's an employment-based category number two. And then the, the lawyer process us and then it, it was current. And then, you know, they were able to adjust the status and then we work with them. Uh, with that employer. And then um, I worked in Vegas for four years. Um, That's where I got trained in critical care. I've been a dialysis nurse also for a year or two. And then uh, I moved here in San Francisco in 2006 because of family uh, in critical care also. And then I got tired in ICU. I said, oh, my God, my back hurting. You know, like, I cannot do this job for long. So I said, uh, uh, said to myself, let's try advanced practice. So um, I went to back to school again, the same time um, doing, um, doing a full-time job. So I did clinicals with my advanced degree, working at the same time, paying bills, sending money, you know, to the Philippines to help my family. I didn't know that I finished and then uh, in 2018 I become a nurse practitioner and then I just have my first year in practice in primary care right now but I'm still working as an RN as a per diem or a part-time uh in ICU so uh those three places you know really molded me as a nurse I e- I may not be a doctor that's what I I, I dreamed before but uh nurse practitioners still the practice of medicine it was tough you know it's, it's different it's a different role as compared to as an RN but um for those nurses you know if you have questions about pursuing your advanced degrees I mean you can ask throw questions that's okay
1: wow what an incredible story Bernard thank you so much for sharing you're welcome. interesting that you and Rianne have the same story, but the diff- but a different story. You know, the, you, you both had the struggle of coming to us, as I said. But you know, the 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 zigzag of your story is is um, really both heartbreaking um, and inspiring. Really, because you know, kudos to you for your 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 courage and your motivation to push, keep pushing forward when you when you hit so many obstacles. Um, and just uh, one thing to mention to anybody who's watching, wondering about the H-1C or um, EB-2 visas or H-1 visa. So I just want to clarify that for anyone because I know people think, oh my goodness, I never knew about H-1C. Is that a way <laughs> I can come to America? Like Bernard? So um, just to clarify that that is a visa that we used to use or that used to be used years ago Um, and you know I remember I had a a hospital uh, that we used to supply nurses to on the h1c visa but that visa I think there were only like 14 hospitals in the whole of America right um, and um, it was a, a non-immigrant visa and, and you can no longer use that visa so yeah. I just want to clarify that also in terms of the h1 for those of you who watch the lawyers panel um you know most nurses do not come through on an h1 visa um because um, uh, you know there are a number of reasons and and you can watch our YouTube yeah. panel to find out those reasons, I'm not going to go into that right now, Um, it's really EB3, employment-based green card, which is the visa that most nurses will come through on.
0: We'll be back with the conversation in just a second. There's a wonderful opportunity for you. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses from all over the world to work in healthcare facilities here in the USA. If you are interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com slash application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. On with the show.
1: So, Rhiannon Bernard, Bernard, you've given us the background. Take us to the first day when you let your plane landed in America, and you stepped on <laughs> U.S. soil. Okay. <laughs> what was that like? For those people who are still outside the, U, the U.S., let them live. Vicariously through you.
3: <laughs>
1: Experience that moment through you. Rianne, what was that like for you?
3: Um, of course, when I landed, I cannot believe that I'm already in America. I feel so overwhelmed and very excited. And of course, um, kind of uh, um, questioning what's going to happen next, you know, but excited, more on the excitement part. And then typical Filipino family, of course, when I arrived at Tom Bradley International Airport in LA, my family uh, had a banner, with, Welcome to the USA. So I really saw them and I, oh my gosh, and then I became excited too. And then they were, I'm so blessed because they were there to really um, act as my tour guide, act as, um, uh, they really helped me in adjusting. Uh, they, um, uh, we went to a lot of places. They showed me this is the convention center, this is the Staples Center, everything. They uh, they guided me all the way. So I'm really happy and it was fun. It was really exciting to be here in America. So that's the most um, memorable also uh, yeah. experience for me. Yeah. Of really? course a lot of selfies.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Of course, (laughs) of course, of course, of course. What about you, Bernard? What was your your first moments in America like, your first few days?
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, So I'm so very happy and so um, very excited Mm -hmm. uh, because our connecting flight, as far as I remember, we got here in February 17, 2009, and then the plane landed in Houston, Texas. That's our uh, point of entry uh 5 pm but we go through to the immigration that's the most scariest part of my life <laughs> <laughs> you know here we go again so so we're, we're a bunch of nurses we're we're like, we're I think we're 16 uh c nurses and then um uh, we line up were there three of men's of nurses of us from the Philippines holding our passport and then uh with the visa stamp and when we give to the immigration officer, and then you know the, the the immigration officer didn't know what is H one C visa. Okay. I said, he's, he's not familiar. He said, yeah. "Wait, uh, what is this visa?" Oh my God! All of us are looking. The three of us are looking. I was like, "Wait." And you're I, like, I was like, "What is this? Uh, is gonna be an airport to airport thing? Can we go back to the Philippines?" I said. And then he called his supervisor. Imagine he called his supervisor, uh, immigration officer, and he said, "Oh, hey, um, what is this visa H one C? I've never heard this one." And then there was a good thing. The supervisor, is so familiar with the visa, he said, "Oh, you know, those are visas for uh, in McAllen in Laredo. Those are these are the hospitals that give those visa." It's like, okay, so so he give us a stamp, and he said, "Welcome to the United States." Oh my God, what a relief! You know, like getting in. You know, like, and then the moment you see the airport is so huge, and then it was winter, it was cold, and then I was looking for a, a, a telephone booth, and then I called my my father, and then immediately I called him, and then I said, "Ah, Dad, I'm here in America," oh. and he was so happy, <laughs> he was laughing, and he said, "And he said, how is it there?" I said, "It's." cold. like the jacket that the, the jacket that I brought is just only the the you know the the jacket that we thought that will will, will, will fit in the winter. In the Philippines, I said like oh my God, this is very cold. it, went, it was so happy and then um, we, I, we we boarded to another flight uh, four hours after because there's a flight a one hour flight from Houston to McAllen. that's a border of Mexico and the US. So we got there at 9 p.m. And then when I look at the, you know, like you're so excited to the place, you know, like when you look at it, it may so dark. Where am I? I don't see buildings because it's just a small city. Like I don't see buildings. But, you know, you got there and then they let you in. And then, oh, this is America. People are speaking in English, you know, so I have to talk in English now. And then our agency, uh, who happened to be a Filipino also, is the owner. is very accommodating, and then uh, she uh, uh, helped us, you know, settle down. They got us a, a house, and then they even give us balikbay. What was that? Like a ka- pangkabuhayan showcase. There's a rice. There is the sardines. There is noodles in there, just to survive for a week. And then the following day, and then they said, "This is uh, this is your room." And then tomorrow we will start like what yes we'll start getting the you know the the application for the bank application for social security and all this stuff follows and then we'll we'll go through the hospital so yeah it it was happy and exciting exciting
1: yeah you can make me cry when you speak about your calling your dad you know it's that moment that it's you know sometimes life is made up of moments like special moments and that's true yeah then we have to celebrate those special moments yeah So coming to America, as we know, can be, I mean, I came here 20 years ago myself as an immigrant. So I'm just remembering my, my arrival here. So similar to both of yours. Um, But culture shock is a very real, well-documented experience. And it's very common in the beginning that you have like the honeymoon. um, And then you can get, you can go into what's called the dip right? It's it's very common. People go into the dip, some people more than others, depending on the circumstances, depending on the personality. It's very common for a few months to go into a dip. Did that happen to either of you?
2: Oh, yeah, of course.
1: Yeah. Rihanna, did that happen to you? um, I'm
3: blessed that I have family and I spent the, the first month, my first month here in America with family. So Culture Shock was really a smooth transition. There's a smooth transition from coming to the Philippines, going here. But of course, I experienced some... Um, uh, homesickness sometimes but good thing we already have this technology the the Facebook we already have this um, whatsapp Viber so every time I miss um, home I just try to call them and then of course I always uh, video call even my dogs but once you're also in uh, the workplace that's the time that you will also feel um, or experience some culture shock. But of course, what can I advise is that just be open, be open-minded, and try to uh, really, before coming to the state that you're going to, because I, I I am here assigned in Houston, Texas, so it's actually a city. So it's different. So you will get to meet a lot of um, different nationalities, different um. Culture, so you just have to be open. You just have to uh, stay positive and um, try to learn or research for the for the state or city that you will go into. So at least you ha- you'll have an idea what will you be facing. So I think that will be a good advice. So at least culture shock
1: will not be really shocking to you. <laughs> okay, good. That's that's very good advice because I think that. You know, many nurses don't realize how big America is, Yes. And how different it is in different parts,
3: different state, of and different city. It's
1: yeah. very um, different. So, yeah, a lot know. of differences. Bernard, did you experience culture shock?
2: Well, uh, where I started in McAllen, um, the majority of the people speak Spanish that's the biggest challenge I had uh, for the culture, I think, um, because it's a border of Mexico and the U.S., and um, I think Mexicans are are same culture we have because uh, in the Philippines we were, we're, we're uh, uh, colonized by the the Spaniards from Spain, so you know uh, we're we're type of persons is very religious. We believe in God, so um, the food's almost the same. So not that into that sense, but the biggest challenge I had is the uh, language because I really thought that all people in America speaks English, so. And then eighty or seventy to eighty percent of the population in the, that small city, and most of our patients in the hospital are Spanish speaking, and then fifty percent of fifty percent of them doesn't know how to speak uh, English. So again, that's what uh, Rian said, do some research. Yes, because I didn't do that. I did, but. I I underestimated it, but it's a reality thing. You need to uh, do your assignment and research to the place where you're going. So, um, if if I, I if you know like time will come back, if I need to go back to that time before coming to the United States, I should learn how to speak. You know, basic language on Spanish because it's really hard. Um, because there's one specific example I have when I have a patient taking care of that Spanish uh, speaking patient. And then um, I did the wrong thing, you know, it's a lesson learned. And then um, <laughs> she doesn't understand English at all. And then I'm obtaining, I, I'm, I'm, I want him, her to sign the consent for a surgical procedure. And then the husband said, uh, you're here in America. Most people speak Spanish here in Texas. Like, you should know how to speak Spanish. And I said, "Okay, uh, you know what, sir? You see that flag out there? That's United States of America." And you sh- I mean, I came here. I learned English. M- m- my English is not is my second language, so. As far as I know, I should, you know, everybody should speak English. But the reality is that I'm wrong. You know, like in America, you know, uh, people come here with, you know, it's very diverse. We come here because we can practice our religion, our language, whatever you want to do, as long as you cannot hurt somebody. Okay, so, but um, it should be in, the, in, a, in a good way. You know, the right way to do is to, you know, like I get an interpreter from the hospital, you know, to help this patient understand what is the procedure all about and then why is she signing the consent. So, yeah, language is a, is a very big thing here in America. It's not only about English. Uh, Spanish is like 50% and then American or English language.
1: Yeah. And and again, it depends where you go to, because there's yes. some parts of America where maybe that doesn't come up as an issue at all. Ryan, have you experienced that as a challenge, language? Uh,
3: luckily, because I just arrived here in the U.S. 2019, there's a lot of technology, as I said. So um, when I encounter a lot of um, uh, Spanish-speaking people or even um, uh, Armenian or even other language, there's already the stratos. Stratos uh, the interpreter so you just have to call through your vocera mm-hmm. that's a small like um it's already a uh, voice activated it's not a cell phone but it acts like a cell phone it can call so that's uh one of the new technologies here in america that i don't think a uh, philippine philippines has yet but hopefully they will have it soon too so That's what we call vocera, and then you just have to press uh, vocera and then call Stratos. Stratos is the one who will, um, it's like a center that there's a different interpreter. You just have to say what kind of language that you need. And then they will, there's already an available um, uh, interpreter that that will talk to you, and they are also um, accredited by the hospital because that Rosera and their and in their part, it's it's recorded, and they know about that um, the the person is the person calling is um, um, medical professional, and you're talking to a patient, so sure. that is a really big help for me coming here
1: um, 2019. So. Yeah. Yeah, that is definitely a huge, huge help because it's hard enough to be speaking now in a second language, mm-hmm. you know, English, and then to have a third language on top of that. Um, but again, I think it goes back to the point that both of you made is to research that before, mm-hmm. so. um, because then and you also...
3: another language will really be be helpful. It will, yeah.
1: because of course
3: calling through the vocera or the stratos will take time, but if yeah. you already know how to speak, that it's really easier. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And not it's okay. not it's not only that. Um I, I think this is one of the the laws and policies of the hospitals. Uh if the hospital cannot provide a language interpreter services to the patient, what language they want to speak, um, it's a big no no for the hospital. They'll be, get sued for that. Especially in America, there's a lot of legalities and you know. Uh, 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 so you have to provide what they can understand. So that's, that's a tip to the nurses coming to the United States. So don't, don't, don't argue with your patients, okay? That's what I did before. It's a mistake. I don't want my nurses, you know, coming to the U.S.
0: Uh, same way what I did, but it's a lesson learned. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Nursing in America. Part 2 will be available next week, so make sure you hit the follow button and come back to join us then. If you enjoyed the episode, please help us and leave a review. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses internationally. We offer direct hire, which means healthcare facilities will directly sponsor and hire you to work here in the USA. If you're interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. You can find the link in the show notes.